Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Appreciate you joining me on this fine summer afternoon, evening, daytime. Who knows when you're watching this, but I appreciate you for joining me. UFC 291 this past weekend, and guys, what an absolutely incredible card top for bottom. When I went through and broke down all the fights on this card in my preparation for this episode, I I was shocked by how many finishes there were. Let's see, 11 fights. I'm, I'm counting two decisions, two, three decisions maybe. Two decisions. Only two were in the Jan uh, Blahovich Pereira fight and uh, CJ Vergara and Salvador. But hey, <clears throat> enough, enough of that. Let's let's dive on right into it. We also have a fantastic fight card coming up this weekend as well. Unfortunately, it is not going to be who was it? Marab that was supposed to be fighting this weekend. I can't remember with uh, Corey Sanhagen. But we got well, not Marab. We got Rob Font and Corey Sanhagen and. Instead, but tremendous fight card in that. We'll get to that in a little bit. But let's go ahead and break down UFC 291. Started off strong with uh, Miranda Maverick and Priscilla Cachueta. Cachueta got, let's be honest, guys, she got beat up. It's probably going to be her last fight in UFC. I don't know if they're going to renew that contract. Um, Maverick just, every every chance she got to land a takedown, she did it. Uh, Pr- Priscilla was getting a little feisty on the feet there in that first round but after Miranda landed that first takedown it was all over from there and as soon as all of her takedowns in that first round she was pressing her up against the cage and Priscilla was giving Cashweda was giving her that arm that she ended up finishing um uh with when she armbarred her in that third round she was giving that to her but against the cage she just wasn't really able to capitalize on it and as soon as she was able to get a takedown in the center of the octagon that's really when she went to work, mounted her, beat her up, armbarred her, finished the fight. Looked absolutely tremendous. <coughs> Excuse me. But wonderful performance by Miranda Mavic. And uh, Euros Medic and Matthew Smellisberger. What an incredible fight that is. Smellisberger was having a lot of success early. Two knockdowns in the first round. Almost finished him in the um, after that second knockdown. But Medic is just a master of picking guys apart from the outside and landing big shots. Ended up catching him with a what I thought was a spinning elbow, but was a spinning back fist. In the, um, I had to go back and watch these fights because I was pretty tipsy. Pretty fucked up <laughs> watching these. I'd just gotten off of work. <clears throat> and uh, may have boozed it a little too hard <laughs> during the prelims and early prelims. But they, you know what? That's all right. But anyway, I went back and watched them. And, um, yes, caught him with a spinning back, uh, back fist. Great performance by both guys. Smellisberger is a guy who starts fast, always has. He says, he's at, I think, two sub 20 second or sub minute, uh, finishes. And, and just in the UFC, I think he's only got like five or six fights, four or five fights in the UFC. Um, and I something in this fight he said he was going to be working on was slowing things down, pace pace wise and he was he wasn't he wasn't too eager to uh not, not in a bad way but it wasn't there wasn't a sense of urgency after he didn't get those first two finishes and he was doing a really good job uh standing with Euros Medic who is a fantastic kickboxer <laughs> but he ends up getting the finish in the third round by knockout that spinning back fist finished it on the ground amazing performance great fight that was my fight of the night 
other than uh you know what that was my fight of the night that was a fantastic fight i'm gonna go ahead and give that one my fight of the night that was a fantastic fight and then Jake Matthews and Darius Flowers. Not really much to be said there. Uh, Jake Matthews pretty much dominated him. Darius Flowers, though, in that first round for the first, like, two and a half minutes was putting an absolutely insane pace on Jake Matthews. <clears throat> but couldn't keep that pace up. Jake hit him with that low body kick. That was the big story in the fight in the second round at the beginning. And he went down saying it was a, a low blow. Folks, there was no low blow to be found. He might have hit him. He got him to dug those toes right into the right above that waistline. And if you guys haven't been hit there, that is a painful, painful experience. But he was saying it was a low blow. You look at the replay, his heel might have, may, who knows, might have hit him in, down low, but didn't look like it. But didn't matter. Jake Matthews gets the submission in that. Same exact round. Jake Matthews is a very fun prospect um, coming out of uh, Australia. And then my standout performance of the night was Roman Kopilov defeating Claudio Ribeiro uh, with that monstrous head kick in the second round. That <laughs> that dude is going to be an absolute problem. He's got a long, lean build. Um, at 185 pounds, and I, it's it, I bet you it's one of those guys that you see on TV. You're like he didn't seem that big, and then you see him in person. And you're like Jesus, man, what the fuck? And you, you and then you you wonder how he makes 185 pounds. It's one of those like like Michael Chiesa. I was one of the few I've I've met I've met Chiesa on a couple of different occasions randomly, and uh, roll got the chance to roll with him once. He came by came by my my old gym. And he had just fought, I think that was probably three or four months after he fought at UFC 226 against Anthony Pettis. And I was like, how the fuck did this guy ever make 155 pounds? It didn't make any sense. And I, I bet you Kapilov is one of those type of dudes. But incredible performance. What a head kick he landed, in, he landed with, too. <clears throat> And then CJ Vergara versus, uh, I could not pronounce this guy's name, but uh, Salvador is the last name. Uh, CJ Vergara defeats him via decision. Salvador missed weight. Great, really good fight. Um, pretty even pretty even matchup. Not a whole lot to be said there, but I didn't get a chance to rewatch that one. Break down that a whole bunch. I apologize. But uh, CJ Vergara is very, very talented, and so is Salvador. Great fight. <clears throat> and then Gabriel Bonfim versus Trevin Giles. Guys, these Bonfim brothers are going to be an absolute problem. He went out there and defeated a very good guy in Trevin Giles. Very good prospect. Tough guy. Just cut through him like butter. Submitted him in the first round. Scary. Scary, scary stuff. If you got to fight that... <sighs> Fun prospects. A lot of fun prospects. Those two guys. And then that brings us to the old pay-per-view card. Kevin Holland and Michael Chiesa. Guys, I don't know if you saw it. I think this is the third or fourth time Michael Chiesa has been submitted with a Darce choke. And he even said he did an interview. He was on DC and RC early in the week. And he's saying, as long as he doesn't get me in a... In a <clears throat> excuse me. 
in a, in a Darce choke, I think it should be good. And then what's he do? He gets caught in a Darce. Guys, Kevin Holland at 170 pounds is a problem. He defeat a, a guy like Michael Chiesa is no joke. That's a legit. That's a legit one 170 pounder. And I know he said at the end of the fight he wants to go back up to 185. I really, really hope he doesn't. I really don't. I think he can make a lot of noise down at 170 pounds. And there's a lot of room for him too. There's a lot of room for him. There's a you got the top at 170. You got the top like 10 guys that are in the mix, but there's not a whole lot of. It's not like 155 to where fucking the top 50 guys are monsters. You know what I mean? And Kevin Holland would fit in there, fit in there really well. I would really love to see him stay at 170 pounds. Uh, he's known as a striker. He beats he beats Santiago Ponzinibbio, knocks him out, and then goes in there and, and you're like, oh man, if Michael Chiesa gets him to the ground, that was the narrative for that fight. If Chiesa can get him down, he can strangle Holland. And Holland got on top. Got him in a Darce quickly, locked that, locked it up too. I mean, as soon as he, I mean, I was watching and I was like, damn. As soon as he, as soon as he locked it in, I was like, damn, that's it, that's tight, that's gonna be it. People forget, man. Kevin Holland is a legit black belt in jujitsu. He's a very good black belt, from what I hear too. What's what the rumblings are is that he's super legit on the ground. I'd love to see him stay at 170 pounds. And then he had Bobby Green and Tony Ferguson. Man, I was watching some of the embedded, and Tony's coach was saying that he's the fastest he's ever seen him. He really just looked a step slower. I really don't want to see him fighting anymore. He's 0-6 in his last six fights, six-fight losing streak. He just doesn't look like the same Tony, and I'm sure he's got the will. I'm sure he he loves fighting. He's one of the great, one of the one of the great, how would you explain it? One of the most beloved fighters of all time. He's done it all. But I really don't want to see him fighting anymore. I really don't. To look that the way to look the way he did against a guy like Bobby Green who just got pieced up by what was it Cody Staven? I think that's who we fought. I can't remember who Bobby Green just got knocked out against. But Bobby Green went in there and, lo- and, and he couldn't touch Bobby. He had that one knockdown in the first round, but that was really it. And then he ends up getting submitted right at the end of the fight. Didn't quite go to the decision. Chokes him unconscious. Good performance by Bobby Green. I think he won performance of the uh, performance bonus. Good, for, good on him. But man, it's just tough to see Tony go out like that. It really is. Damn. But. What I did like to see was Derek Lewis with a six-pack throwing flying knees at people. Derek is back, baby. I lo- I told people I saw I didn't bet on these fights, but I had guys, uh, buddies of mine that were down in Vegas this weekend, and they're like, "Who who should we bet on this weekend? Who who should we bet on?" I was like, "Guys, Derek Lewis." He looks shredded. He's in shape. He looks. He seems more focused than he has in a long time. And I think he wants to make another title run. I really hope he does. I hope. I know his contract's over. I hope he renews with the UFC because I think this motivated, jacked six pack Derek Lewis throwing flying knees can make some problems for these heavyweights. I think he's back, baby. And he was saying, it seems like he was like 
was like, oh, it feels like people think I've been quitting in these last few fights. But he said he's had tough weight cuts, really tough weight cuts. And that makes a lot of sense because it, it, it just doesn't seem like he's been the same ever since he fought Curtis Blades. Um, lost to Pavlovich, lost to um, um, Taitu Avasa, but he just kind of seemed like he wanted to get out of there towards, uh, at least in that Taitu, I mean, the Pavlovich fight was really quick, got stopped too early in my opinion, but that Taitu Avasa fight, he just, he, as soon as he started getting hit, he was like, eh, I'm good, I'm out of here, which he's done in the past before too, so I like seeing this dude in shape, throwing flying knees, I didn't expect that. I told him to bet on him, but I didn't say by flying knee. <laughs> but not first-round knockout, I believe, 22 seconds. And against a tough guy in Marcos Rodrigo de Lima, one of the t- one of the hardest leg kickers in the division. I don't know if you've seen that guy throwing leg kicks at people, but they sound like car crashes. It's insane. You know, big knockout against a tough guy to get, your, get, the win, uh, get back in the win column for Derek Lewis. You love to see it. Then Alex Pajeda... And Jan Blahovitz split decision for Alex. I'll have to, I need to go back and watch this one. Um, split decision makes sense. I don't think Jan got robbed. It was really, really close. Just after that first round, I think Jan got gassed a little bit and couldn't get him back down to the ground. Because a guy that big like Alex Pereira, I didn't think he was going to be that. I knew he was a big fuck. But when the their first face-off I saw was at the weigh-ins, and I, he was bigger than Jan. And Jan's huge. Jan's a big fuck. And he was a lot bigger, a lot bigger than I thought. So I think maybe the altitude might have had something to do with it. I don't know. But he, once he couldn't get him down, it just, it was over. I didn't think Pereira was going to knock him out. I thought he could, obviously. Um, I think Jan did a lot better on the feet against a, uh, a kickboxer at the caliber as Pereira. Than I thought he was going to do, which was good. It surprised me, but in a good way. But hey, good fight. We'll see what happens. Maybe he's going to be fighting Yuri Prohaska for the title next. That very well could be what's going on. Who knows? I wouldn't mind it. I think they just put out the new rankings today, and I think he's already ranked number three, which makes sense because Yang was ranked number four, I think. So, and then the main event: Justin Gaethje versus Dustin. Justin Gaethje versus Justin. Oh my God, did I say Justin Poirier? Dustin Poirier. Second round knockout with a head kick. I saw him land that head kick in the first round. He threw it once and it landed. It didn't land as, as clean as that, obviously. But I was like, I'd like to see him go back to that. And he did. And I, I was saying all week, <coughs> everyone was, a lot of people were picking Dustin to win this fight. But you got to remember their first fight. Justin was kind of like that wild man. He lost to Eddie Alvarez, lost to him, and just was looking to stand and trade with guys. And I think working with Trevor Whitman more, getting him to relax, throw combos, not just go in there and brawl. I think that I told everyone that was going to help him a lot. He's been looking fantastic in these last few fights. That fight against Rafael Fazeev, man. People thought Fazeev was going to beat him in his own game, and he they, he couldn't. Fazeev he just overwhelmed Fazeev, and I didn't think I didn't think I think Poirier with more of a boxing style was going to get him. I think if there's any weakness in Justin Gaethje's game, it's going to be his ground game. His wrestling's very good, but his jujitsu, his jujitsu, I'm sure he's a black belt. But Dustin was going to go in there and stand and trade with him. I didn't think that was a good idea. Second round knockout with a head kick, <laughs> absolutely fantastic performance. 
I told you guys we got big fights this weekend. I, I didn't realize how good this card was, especially for a fight night card. UFC Fight Night Nashville. I'm going to break down some of these fights for you. We got Billy Corintillo versus Damon Jackson. If you guys don't know Damon, Damon Jackson, he's 5-2 and two in the UFC. Um, his only two losses, Ilya Teporia, Dan Ige. That was his last fight. He's got 15 of his 22 wins come by submission. And then Billy Q... I thought they took him off the roster at some point. He's 2-2 two and two in his last four. Two knockouts. One against Alexander Hernandez, which is good. So we'll see how he does in this fight. This could be make or break for Billy Corantillo. And then we got Ignacio Bahamundes, a, a, a prospect I'm really excited for. And then we got... Um, Lin- I can't. I cannot pronounce this guy's first name. I'm sorry. I'm a fucking piece of shit. Uh, Kelvin Ledoit. Ledoit. I think it's French. I don't know. But um, Kellen is two zero and one. Last three fights. Just went to a draw with Jai Herbert in his last fight at UFC two eighty nine. That's sorry, two eighty six. And then Ignacio, 3-1 in the UFC, has that awesome spinning back kick knockout uh, versus Roosevelt Roberts. One knockout, one submission, one decision, and those three wins. That's always a fun fight. I love watching that kid fight. He's <clears throat> he's really fun to watch. If you guys don't know um, who that guy is, figure it out. He's fucking tall, lean guy at 145 pounds. I think he's going to do a lot of good things this weekend. Then we got Tanner Bosser and Alexia Komar. Um, he hasn't fought, not Bosser, but uh, Komar hasn't fought since uh, 2021, June uh, 19th. One and two in the UFC. Both losses are by decision. So, you know, who knows? This fight is at 205 pounds. This is uh, Tanner Boser's second fight at light heavyweight. His first fight was a knockout loss, a bad one to Ion Q de Leba. But I, li- I do like Tanner Boser at this weight class. He was fighting a heavyweight, and he's just kind of like that tweener guy. Bad news is Bozer is one and four in his last five, so this could be another fight. It's make or break, make a break for this young man. But he's a fun, he's another fun guy. I like watching him fight. And then we got Diego Lopes versus Gavin Tucker. If you guys don't know who that is, uh, Lopes zero and one. He's only got one fight in the UFC. Um, had his debut at UFC two eighty eight. Eleven of his twenty one wins though submission jujitsu guys from Brazil makes sense. <coughs> Excuse me. And then Gavin Tucker, he hasn't. This is his first fight in quite some time uh, since March 2021. After he got hit that really fast knockout loss to Dan, to Dan Ige, a lot of guys fought in Dan Ige on this fight card, which is funny. Um, interesting, but um, yeah, that was his last fight. It was a 22 second loss, but dude was four and one in the UFC up until that point. Is he's, he's really fun to watch. Follows me on Instagram. Shout out to your boy Gavin Tucker. Good to watch, Canadian guy. And then we got Dustin Jacoby and and Kennedy and Zen, uh, and Zenko. Oh my God, I can't. I can never pronounce. And Joe Kawani, uh, two hundred and five pounds. This is a fantastic fight. Justin Jacoby is coming off of two losses to Clear Roundtree one and um, Amzat Mirzak. Oh my God, these Russian guys' names are gonna kill me. But eleven of his eighteen wins are by knockout. Dustin's really fun to watch. Really good kickboxer, and so is Kennedy and Jen, Ko- uh, and Jen Kawani. Uh, three on a three fight win streak. Beat Devin Clark by submission. UFC two eighty eight in his last fight. He also have not. He also has knockouts of Carl Warburton and Ian Kudaleba, which was a really fun fight. That ended up being a uh, main event. 
I think I can't remember who was supposed to fight in that on that week, but then ended up being a main event, and I didn't. I thought Kennedy was in big trouble against Ion Kutaleba, and he pieced him up and knocked him out. It was a really fun performance by him. He's a really fun prospect as well at uh, t- uh, light heavyweight. That should be a fantastic fight. And a fight I forgot about, Jessica Andrade versus Tatiana Suarez, co-main event, 125 pounds. Second fight since 2019 for Tatiana Suarez. She had those uh, lingering neck injuries, which I'm glad she's back from that. Um, Suarez, people forget, man. Since she hasn't fought in such, she hadn't fought in such a long time. She just beat Montana De La, De La Rosa pretty easily in her last fight. Um, but she has wins over a former champion and a current champion in Carlos Barza and Alexa Grasso. I think I think if she gets past uh, Jessica Andrade here, which I, I believe she will, she's probably going to be next in line for a title shot, especially since uh, Grasso and Shevchenko are fighting, I believe, mid September in Vegas. <clears throat> so I think winner of this is going to get that. And then Andrade coming off of two losses, lost to Aaron Blanchfield in her last outing, didn't look that good against her. I th- think you're going to see the same thing here. I think Tatiana Suarez probably is going to wrestle her, take her down, beat her up, submit her. It's going to be a quick fight. <clears throat> and then main event, a fantastic fight with Corey Sanhagen and Rob Font. Font coming off that Big statement win at UFC 287. That big knockout he had against Adrian Yanez. People forgot, man. People forgot about Rob Font. You lose two fights and people forget. They doubt you. They count you out. Rob Font showed everybody what that, you know, he's here. And he can win this fight against Corey Sanhagen. Sanhagen on a two-fight win streak. Beat Song Yudong. Uh, had that split decision versus Marlon Vera. And a really, really technical fight. That was a fun fight to watch. If you guys haven't seen that, go back and watch that before his fight against Rob Font this weekend. But should be a absolutely fantastic card. I'm excited. I'll be down in Nevada at the end of next month. I'll be betting on betting on some fights. So we'll get into that, you know, in a few weeks from now. But until then, that's it for this episode. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, follow me. To, you know, I'm every, I'm on all the social platforms. But appreciate you guys. Have a great, great great week and we'll see you after the fights next week.